Hey guys, this is Will uh, with another solo episode for you guys for this episode. You'll hear this episode, and then I believe the next episode you guys are going to get are a uh, are a wrestling episode, and then we're going to be talking about Disney Plus Day as well as some other stuff coming up. As far as we got to get our thoughts about what if, we're also going to be getting into our thoughts of some because uh, I haven't had a chance to really talk with Jingles and him about the whole WWE firings. Um, I did get to talk with Justin, which is going to be the next episode you're going to get, which is a friend of mine from work that I used to work with a while back. And so we're going to talk about them, but uh, I wanted to get a chance to talk with the fellas about the firings and so forth and see kind of how they feel about them. And so um, that's kind of where that's going. But the reason you're getting this episode is it is a tribute to my mother. Um, my mother, some of you, I think we may have talked about in the past how my mother had been sick kind of in and out of the hospital over the last few weeks and uh, not only in the hospital but she also um, ended up in a in an assisted living facility right near the hospital but when she was in the hospital of course we really couldn't go see her because especially with COVID ordinances and things like that we just couldn't we weren't able to go see her at all and so we got to the place where we were able to see her once she got into the assisted living facility and we did that and um so I made a trip uh, a couple of weekends ago to go see my mom because I hadn't really been able to see her in a while, especially with her not doing well. And so, as a matter of fact, I think the last time I visited her, she was actually in the hospital van too. So I unfortunately didn't get a chance to really go see her. I didn't have a vehicle until recently. So going to see her was something that was very difficult to do. But uh, we talked regularly. And... <laughs> One of the things that I always was interesting about my mom was she was a, she was a bit of a jokester, and so there was always a joke. There was always a um, a thing that she could say that was funny, and so she made a point to always you know try to make people laugh around her. And so whenever it came to those moments when I would talk with her, I always wanted to try to make her laugh. So I would tell her a goofy dad joke or something like that I'd heard. Um, you know, like I, I would share most recently what I got to share. Last time I got to share a joke with her, uh, the joke I got to share with her was a little boy came up to his dad and he was so amazed. He said, my, he said, dad, we learned in school today that in America, they call elevators, they call elevators, elevators, but in England, they call them lifts. And, um, the dad was kind of insulted a bit. And he was just like, well, isn't that kind of cool? Isn't that funny? I mean, we, depending on where you are in the world, I mean, I guess you go up, you know, different ways. And the dad got mad at the joke his son told. He's like, no, no, that's not it. And the son was like, well, what do you mean? He's like, well, we're just raised differently. So, but anyway, my mother laughed and laughed at that joke. She said she was going to steal it and use it which of course I immediately told her that it, <laughs> I didn't create the joke so I'm sure she could tell it to other people and I'm pretty sure you know she would be fine with that but my mom taught me a lot of things she taught me how to cook uh, and it was funny because I wasn't with my mom most of my life most of my younger life uh, I lived with an aunt of mine until I was about uh, I think 10 10 or 11 years old and so my mom was around in my life, but I never really, I didn't spend a whole lot of time with her because she was busy in nursing school. There was a whole lot going on. I still don't know the specifics and now I'll never really get to find that out. I've asked the questions, but we really never got to have that talk. Um, but 
I I think one of the things that's really cool about my mom, besides fact, she taught me how to cook, which when I say taught me how to cook, please understand it wasn't always by my choice. <laughs> uh, there were a lot of times where she would wake up on a Sunday morning and need an extra hand and then extra pair of hands in the kitchen. And so we would, you know, she would wake me up to go help her cook breakfast or cook, you know, we'd, she would have breakfast cooked normally if she was going to wake me up. So I'd always get like a really good breakfast those days. And then I would wake up and be alert and then you know, help her cook, help her mix stuff for cakes or help her, you know, cut stuff for different things. Like if she made a dressing or something like that, I cut a lot of celery. I cut a lot of onions. Um, I had to do a lot of her measurements for her. So that way when she needed to mix something, she could just mix it. She wasn't, you know, I basically was there to help speed her time up. So she wasn't burning a whole lot of time doing the job of cooking. And so I did a lot of that. Uh, some of these stories you may have heard before. Some of these you, you may not have heard. And that's okay. You're going to hear them again. Uh, like I said, this is a tribute to my mom. So I just want to talk about her a little bit, if that's okay with you guys. I, I appreciate you listening. It, so one of the things that was really interesting about my mother, besides the fact that uh, she cooked a lot, because she cooked a lot for church functions, uh, birthdays, whenever there was a birthday, if she knew somebody, uh, she tended to cook a lot of cakes that she didn't get paid for, per se. Uh, she just took people cakes. I mean, she she loved doing it. And I would often ask her sometimes, I'd say, well, why don't you offer to pay, offer people to buy your cakes from you? And a lot of times it was just something as simple as they would give her money for the ingredients or something like that. But, you know, one day we had a conversation. I just said, mom, who's paying for your time? And she's like, well, what do you mean? I said, well, who's paying for your time? You have to put time in to fix these cakes. You have to, you know, you go in and do all this stuff and you have to set all this stuff up every time. And I mean, my mom didn't make boxed cakes. My mom went, got all-purpose flour she did the mixing the baking sodas and all that different stuff the baking powders and different things like that because there is a difference by the way between baking powder and baking soda fun fact anyway so she told me she said i can't bless somebody's life if everything i'm doing is about payment um and most of the people you know they buy the stuff for me to make sure i make the stuff I'm not spending money myself to make it. I mean, I'm not spending money myself to buy the stuff for it. Uh, yeah, I'm putting my time into it, but I wouldn't. My, I don't mind doing it. And so, you know, I think one of the things I learned was that some from her was that sometimes you do things because you want to do things for people, um, and not expect anything in return. Now, of course, she appreciated people when they did give her money for stuff. If, you know, she brought a cake for something and then she would, you know, they would hand her something in her hand or something. They would, they would put something in her hand or something, but you, you just never knew. And I mean, I, I never will forget one time, uh, she, she, she got on a cheesecake binge where she made like tons and tons of cheesecakes. And I mean, we're talking like she went and got the spring pan and, she had the little thing of water under it and all that stuff, so it would make sure to cook through properly, but it would steam it almost. And so one time she was got frustrated because she couldn't figure out how to brown the tops without burning it. Because there's a real fine line when you broil a cheesecake between toasting it and cooking it hard to the point where it burns. Because sugar doesn't take long to burn and so one time I had sat down and researched it and researched it and researched it myself because a friend of mine and I were going to a coffee house and uh, 
I wanted to fix the cheesecake to take to this coffee house that it opened. And so I fixed the cheesecake and then I tried my method to brown the top. And right as I was getting it out of the oven, my mom comes in. My mom had come in and she smelled the cheesecake. And of course, she went to the kitchen because she was like, she didn't expect anybody else to be baking other than her. So she came in and she saw the cheesecake sitting on the table and I was getting ready to wrap foil over it and everything. And she was just like, how did you do that? I was like, how do do what? She said, you brown the cheesecake when I burn at the top. I said, yeah. I said, I got to go, mom, but I'll tell you when I get back. Sure enough, I came home. And she, I think it was like 10 o'clock that night. She waited up. She was sitting there on the couch and she was just like, you're going to show me how you did that, right? I was like, yeah. And so I sat down and told her. We laughed about it and then we had some popcorn. I think we watched Perry Mason. My mom loved old crime shows. Like, I don't think she would have gotten into like the criminal minds and stuff as much, but she loved like Madlock and Perry Mason, uh, Charlie Chan. Which that stuff doesn't, Charlie Chan doesn't really hold up. Um, yeah, there's just a lot of weird stuff in the Charlie Chan movies. But anyway, uh, the Maltese Falcon and Alfred Hit, old, she loved old Alfred Hitchcock, but really anything that had a mystery component to it. She read a lot of old Hardy Boys books. She'd go around to different like resale shops and find old Hardy Boys books and read them. And like she'd buy them, of course, and then she'd read them and get them home. And she had a huge collection of old Hardy Boys books. And it blew my mind how much we would talk about just like mysteries. And and, and we would try to race each other to see who could figure out who committed the crime in the TV show the quickest. Um, She was a big Jeopardy fan. Loved Jeopardy. Loved Wheel of Fortune. And so a lot of times I'd be like, hey, mom. Uh, it's eight letters, you know, it, it's four, four words. First one's eight letters. The second one's two, the third. And I'd run the, the countdown for her and she'd be like, what's the category? And I'd tell her the category. She'd just spit out an answer. And I always told her she should have gone and played Jeopardy at least once. But she really didn't have the desire to do that. Uh, she just really loved being able to challenge her mind and grow it as much as she could so she really loved making different decisions and things like that trying to figure things out like I said we um, we would always race to try to figure out She another show she loved watching was Columbo um, and I think she watched a lot of Columbo I can't think of the character that Telly Savalas played but that wasn't Columbo that was somebody else she would do that and um different things like that and so she would she would do some different things and we uh we would laugh and cut up about those different things kojak there we go that's the name of it so yeah tell us about a character named kojak who was an old detective his bald-headed dude who would suck on a lollipop and he'd always be like who loves you baby and but she would watch it anytime a mystery show came on heart to heart we loved watching old school like TV shows like back in the day, like Good Times and uh, Reading Rainbow. I say Reading Rainbow like it's an old show, but it is. I mean, it's been around for a while now, but we watched a lot of stuff together. She watched a lot of stuff with us growing up. I remember when I started watching Gargoyles on Disney, a uh, little Disney afternoon thing that they used to do on TV. And uh, she would really enjoy watching it. And she found as I was watching Gargoyles that I started reading more because I wanted to find out who a lot of these characters were that they were referencing and different things like that. 
And so I thought it was really interesting to be with around her because she would challenge me a lot and we would grow as people. She, it, she wasn't my buddy. She wasn't my pal. She was my mom. And she made sure every chance she got that um, she let us she let us know that, that she loved us. But if she had to put put in work on us to get us to act right, she would. Uh, and you know, one of the greatest joys I remember watching her is the day she married my stepdad. And I never will forget. Um, and yes, this story is going to be more about laughing at me, and that's fine. You can totally do that. Uh, the day my mom got married, uh, my stepdad's brother was supposed to be there as the best man. And for some reason he wasn't able to make it. And so last second, uh, I got called and he, and my stepdad was like, I know this is a weird thing to ask you, but would you be willing to stand with me as my best man? I was like, sure. You know, and everybody looked at me funny cause they thought I, everybody thought for some reason I would object to the wedding. And everything, and I didn't. I mean, I think the first time we met, I looked at him. I remember we rode around in an old car he had, and it had an old uh, 8-track player in it. Kids, look that up on your YouTubes and your Twitters and your TikToks and such. But anyway, 8-track players, they existed. Anyway, so we're riding around in the car. It was just he and I, and we were just riding around. And uh, I looked at him. I said, she seems happy with you. He was like, well, I kind of try to make her happy. And we just got to talking. And, and, and I think he had like an old B.B. Uh, King album in the A-Track player. The thing about A-Track players, you better love the whole thing because you had to listen to the whole thing. There was no like fast forward. You either, you know, you would go to the next track. So if you didn't love the track, you if you didn't love the whole track, you could skip it, but that's about it. You just run through the whole thing. So just think of a big old huge cassette tape, which is another thing, kids, that happened. Uh, it's so it's so weird sometimes speaking to the, to the current era and not real, be it realizing that things have changed that much. But anyway, so to the wedding, the wedding day came, you know, my mom's dress, gorgeous dress, looks incredible. She, she's radiant, just glowing. And, but of course I'm standing next to my stepdad and, you know, and, uh, the pastor starts doing a ceremony. Now here's the thing. When you do a wedding, you're supposed to say something to the effect, you know, here today we have these two people and then you have this moment where you have a processional right you play the music the bride comes down the aisle the person walks them down the aisle and then they come in and they're like okay um you know who gives this woman away they do that and then they bring her in and then she's there standing next to her future husband and so usually there's a maid of honor standing beside her and her bride and her grooms and her uh bridesmaids and then of course the man has his best man and his groomsmen well it was just dad and I standing up there and the pastor started going in on the wedding and he's like you know marriage is this important institution and we're just going when are they going to bring mom in and we're just looking at each other like we're not saying anything we're just looking at each other kind of funny 
And then he gets to the part where he says, now if these, if there's any reason why these two should not get together, be married, ever speak now, or forever hold your peace. And I raised my hand. Now, mind you, a lot of my family thought that, hey, he's not going to want mama remarrying this random dude. Not knowing that I hear and I talked and I was just like, you know what? You care about her. You love her. She seems to be happy around you. You take care of her. You're sweet to her and all that stuff. And I got a problem with you. And I raised my hand. And of course, the pastor's like, son, don't you understand how important this is? That your mother has found love again and all this other stuff. Like, he gives me this five minute long speech about how I shouldn't raise my hand to this. And I looked at him. I said, sir. Here's the thing. I don't object to the wedding itself between my mom and him. I object to the fact that my mom is still out in the hallway because you never called her in. Right now, it looks like you're trying to marry he and I. And that's definitely not the case. So can you bring her in like you're supposed to so that way you can do the ceremony with these two? So yeah, that went off without a hitch. But anyway, so that's one of my... One of, one of the stories about my mom and dad and how much he cared for her and how much he loved her and um, she chose you know yeah, I mean the thing about it like, you know you make choices and sometimes you make good ones sometimes you don't um, you know we all have our respective dads and, and moms and things may or may not work out always the way everybody gets together and that's and that, that is what it is but when it came to rob marrying robert Otterbridge jr uh she made the best choice out of that grouping really uh he really came in and took care of us and that's i guess this is kind of a tribute to him too because he passed away a few years ago um but he really loved my mom and that was one of the best gifts that both of them could have gave me that they loved each other enough to raise us together. Even though he came into the world a little bit late, because by the time he came into our world, I think all three of us main kids were all of older age. We were all teenagers or preteens. So I'm sure that wasn't easy for him to walk into, but he did. And more importantly than anything else, he really loved my mom. So, and, uh, you know, you could just see all sorts of really wonderful things. I'll tell another story about my mom real quick. Uh, my mom had this interesting habit of she wanted to be a nurse really bad and she didn't quite get through school all the way when we were growing up. So when I went, when I was graduating high school, she had gotten into a nursing program in my hometown's community college. And so she had some scholarship monies that were given her away and some things like that. And so, basically, we ended up in college together. Now, of course, you know, it's weird because I thought, well, surely we're not going to have any classes together because she's a nursing student and I'm here to do education. We had three classes together the first semester. And one of those classes for speech. And so, my mother, very, very, very articulate, very well-read, very well-researched person. I mean, she's the type of person that whenever I'd go to the doctor's office, she'd have a word power in my hand and she'd make me learn words. And I'd have to know the word, be able to spell it, and be able to uh, grow in it between now and then. And be able to not only do that, but also spell it many, 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 many,
she and I would do that all the time until so like she would give me words and she'd challenge me on them and different things like that. We'd be wherever and she'd be like, okay, well, what's this word mean? And I'd, I'd tell her, you know, she would do her own little spelling drills with me and things like that. Well, so we were in speech and of course, you know, it kind of became this really weird competition because I wasn't that great in math. She was a lot better at it. I was okay at English. She was okay at English. But speech was really my forte, especially at that time. Well, the thing about it was the teacher that we ended up having for speech was a teacher I had in high school. It was a high school teacher. She was teaching an adjunct class. So uh, we were in the class together. And the first day she walks in, she just comes, she's about to do roll and she looks up and sees me and she just comes over and gives me this big hug. And my mom like looks at me and she's like, why did this woman stop in the middle of giving a roll to give you a hug? I said, because she was my high school speech teacher. And so she's like, that's just weird. You never really told me about her. I said, mom, I was in like three plays with her. Like I was in three plays at the, at the, at the school with her and everything. She used to drama teacher the whole time I was there. I introduced you, you know, and everything. Well, we did speech class that year and I would always just edge mom out. Like my mom would get a B. If my mom got a B, I got an A. If my mom got an A, I got an A plus. If my mom got an A plus, I got an A plus. She never beat me in that class. That was the one class that I had that I knew I could handle myself in. And so one day she looked at me, she said, I don't understand how you're able to do that. Every class, like we did preventative, we did speeches and she did an example of how to take proper blood pressure. Because, of course, she's a nursing student. So, of course, that's something she's going to learn how to do. I did an actual how-to on how to boil an egg properly. And she didn't understand how me doing a speech on boiling an egg could do better than her doing a speech on blood pressure. And I told her, I said, well, Mom, you got to remember, I had her in high school. I know what she likes. So there are certain things I do in a speech that she likes more then if you don't do those things. And so I always had the one edge on her in that class. And then, and then uh, we had, a, there was an article they did about us because we actually both ended up graduating the community college the same year. And so we went through the community college experience together. So my mom and I have that. And I know there were many times uh, I tell, I've told, probably told this story before too. All of us kids and my moms all broke a bone when we were 13 years old. Uh, my sister had a purse she got for her for Christmas. She fell, busted her arm wide open, busted her arm up really bad. Not wide open, but just busted her arm up real bad. She had to get a cast double ink and some stuff. Then it was me, and I was playing baseball. I sucked at baseball. I still suck at baseball. Not that great at it. But I swung at a baseball and I was swinging wrong and ended up hitting the ball out past the pitcher with my finger instead of the bat. That's just how bad of a swinger I was in baseball. And I broke my finger in like eight places. Like it shattered in parts of my finger. There was no bone at all. They had to totally reconstruct it. Then my brother sat on a sink and we just say the sink didn't... Uh, and my brother, you got to remember, my brother's like a lean, mean, track-running muscle machine. Like, he's got abs for days still. It's crazy. I'm not jealous of all of that fact. But uh, he was sitting on a sink, lean, mean kid, and just, it 
was an old sink and it didn't quite hold up to his weight. And the next thing you know, he needed like 40 something stitches. And so, yeah, so we all hurt ourselves. And my mom was just like, I would never go through y'all 13 years again because every <laughs> each one of y'all hurt yourself in a major way when you were 13. It's crazy. But, you know, another thing that I thought my mom, I thought loved about my mom was my mom was a realist. Like, there were times where there wasn't a whole lot of money. And she'd tell us up front, hey, there's not a whole lot. You know, we're going to do what we can for you guys, you know, as far as like school clothes and stuff like that. But there's not a whole lot of money. So, you know, don't expect a whole lot of extras. <laughs> uh, my mother was the type that could walk into Walmart for a roll of toilet paper, for, for a pack of toilet paper and walk out with $300 worth of stuff and no toilet paper. You know, I know people say Walmart does that to people. Well, my mom was definitely a victim of it sometimes. But she also loved her friends dearly, her friends and her family. She cherished those times. I remember seeing her watching her sit around other ladies that she knew growing up uh, watching her sit around them and just learn from them sometimes sometimes just doing things for them sometimes people in the community would need rides and stuff to places and she would go give those people rides places doctor's appointments and things like that and even as she got older and she was not as well physically she still wanted to try to help the community. I know one time I was home. This was right after her, my aunt passed away. And my aunt passed away. We had the funeral that uh, Friday morning. That Saturday evening, she was getting an award. A community award for my in my hometown. And so, of course, all these things were going on around her. And she just, at one point, you know, we're, <laughs> we're walking in and she goes, I'm nervous. I said, why are you nervous? They're giving you the award. <laughs> and she said, I know, but it's just weird because I don't know if I got to get up and say anything. It's like, mom, one thing you've never had a problem with is saying things that are on your mind and on your heart. So just say things related to those things that are on your heart and your mind. And I hugged her and I gave her a kiss on the cheek and I said, now go up there and get your award. I'm up here with you. You're good. And she got it. She was like, okay. She went up there and sat and she got her award. And uh, we went home. And uh, she was just really, really excited that I was able to be there with her for that. Another moment. Uh, there was, I was down, I was home for Thanksgiving. And the Thanksgiving, you know, of course, typical Black Friday stuff was always a thing. And so my aunt had asked her to go out and get some stuff and she had just had a stroke prior. So I really didn't feel comfortable with her being out in the elements around crazy people on black Friday or great Thursday or whatever you want to call it. It was a third, it was Thanksgiving day. And so I was like, well, Hey, just drop me off. I'll go get the ticket for the TV and I'll go do the thing. She was like, are you sure? I was like, yeah. And so I went, sat out in Walmart for several hours she brought me some food later. And uh, so we went and did that. And it was really sweet and everything. But the crazy part was she got there. I told her, I said, if you're coming to pick me up, you're going to want to be in the Walmart parking lot parked no later than 6, 6 p.m. She's like, why that early? She said, the sale doesn't start till 7. I said, yeah, but if you wait till 645 or 630, you're not going to find a place to park. 
you want to want to be there parked before six. So she came in and everything was going and she was just setting up ready and we were she had her cart and we were rolling around you know walking I was walking with her making sure we had everything and about 6:45, the people start cutting stuff you ever been if you ever worked in retail on a gray Thursday and it's near time for the sale to start and the people are just mounting and they're just waiting and so they started cutting tags and stuff for stuff. And then they literally, you saw people just move out of the way and let the masses collapse all over the stuff that was there. She said, what's all that noise? I said, that's the reason I didn't want you to be here. Because you've now seen the monsters that have been awakened by the thing called Great Thursday and Black Friday sales. She said, I've never, she said, you know, because I think her and my aunts and them would used to go to do like a casino thing on the weekend of Thanksgiving. So weekend after Thanksgiving, it's usually that Saturday, that Friday, Saturday, they go do some shopping and stuff, but they didn't do a whole lot of the black Friday sales like that. Or it had been a while since they had done it together. So she hadn't really experienced what the changes were in that. So whereas I had, because I had worked for Walmart and different things like that. So, and we, you know, she gets ready to drop me off. We dropped off the TV at my aunt's and some other stuff. And she dropped me off at my cousin's and she hugged me. And she said, I don't think I would have survived today without you. Because I didn't realize how bad that was going to be. And she said, thank you for being willing to do that. She said, at the time I was mad because you just told me you would do it. And I could just go home. But I appreciate you being willing to do that for me. And, um, I just remember that I just remember those moments and, you know, being able to be there a couple of weeks ago to hold my mom's hand and to be able to just pat her on the head, and just love on her for a little bit. Just tell her that everything's going to be okay. You know, we're going to be okay. We're going to be fine. And just to be able to have that moment with her, uh, was such a peaceful moment for me. And I hope it was just such a peaceful moment as her. As many times as we've had scraped knees, as many times as we had busted emotions, as many times as people broke our hearts and all that stuff. And she sat there and listened through all of that. The many times when we had all these really weird and hard, difficult questions about life and all that. She navigated it as well as she could. And sometimes she made us laugh in the midst of it. Sometimes she just held us while we cried, you know. And I mean, I've seen my brothers and sisters go through a lot, but she's always loved us no matter what. She didn't always like us. And that's fair. I didn't always like me sometimes, <laughs> but she loved us. And I think that was the thing that, that will live on in memory of us is that you love people in spite of. You love people no matter what they do, no matter who they are. Because you understand that the person you're praying for is a lot different than the person they may be at the moment. And my mom taught me that. So, I thank God for you, Yvette Outerbridge. I thank God for your life. I thank God for the good days, the bad days, and every day in between. And I'm glad you're my mom. So, and I hope that I brought you as much pleasure as your son as you brought me as a mom. So thank you. So everybody, you know, I normally don't do something this sweeping, but I'm going to do it now before I close this episode out. 
whether you're having great relationships with your mom and dads or whether you don't, make time to make things right. Because you never know when you may wake up and your mom's not there anymore. You know, one thing I think about is there's going to be a day, I don't know when, but there's going to be a day when I'm going to want to call my mom and I can't. Because she's not going to be there anymore. It's going to be the weirdest day of my life. I'm probably going to cry. And it's okay. Um, some days you're going to cry for reasons you don't know. Some reasons you're gonna, some days you're going to cry because you know the reason why. And it's alright. But the thing about it is that when I have that moment, that day is going to come. I'm going to remember all the good things that went through that we went through together as a mother and a son and I think that's going to be greatly appreciated so but make it right if you can please don't uh, let the days go by when you have a chance to make things right with your parents and you don't because you just never know um, I did we did luckily have a little bit of time to prepare for everything but um just, just don't let the night go by and not resolve some things. That's all I'm saying. So, love you guys very much. Thank you for giving me this time to let me talk to you for a minute about my mom. One of the greatest women I've ever known. She was beautiful. She was funny. She was merciful when she needed to be. She was tough when she needed to be as well. But more than anything, she was simply mom. And that's what I needed most of my life at the time I knew her. Thank God for you. And as always, guys, do me a favor. Be blessed to be a blessing to somebody. And if you're not already being a blessing to your mom, be a blessing to your mom too. Okay? Take care, guys. Thank you.